Welcome to the Outside the Box Income and Investing Podcast. Whether you're looking to start a business, earn passive income, invest in stocks or crypto, or just want to learn something from business owners, entrepreneurs, and investors, the Outside the Box Podcast has you covered. This podcast does not provide specific financial, legal, or medical advice to any listener. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now, here's your host, R. Brandon Smith. Welcome back to the Outside the Box Income and Investing Podcast. Today, we have a very, very, very special guest. If you're in PT and you're an entrepreneur, you should know Greg Todd. He's here today to talk about his story and really just have a conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon, for having me. I appreciate you. Uh, as I told you before this, I don't know where we're going to go with this. I just have a funny feeling there's a good chance we're going to piss some people off. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think this is going to be fun. So so thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. I know I contacted you this morning, and now here we are. So I appreciate the fast turnaround time. You, you, you know something? It's It's so funny because on Monday night, right, I did a training for my clients on the, like, how do you build your reputation and how do you build your brand, right? Uh, and, and one of the things I said to them, this was like point number seven. I was like, listen, you guys, you have to ask. You have to be a perennial asker. You guys don't ask people enough to do the thing that you want them to do. You asked me today to come on the podcast. And I was like, well, the rest of this week is like pretty busy. I got live workshops, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, blah, blah, blah. I was like, so listen, we could probably do it sometime next week. Next week is really busy as well. Or we could do it in the next hour. And you're like, all right, let's make it happen. Boom. And so uh, uh, enough people, they don't ask. And that's the reason why they stay stuck in, in whatever they're doing. You just got to ask. Ask how you like get out of being broke. Ask someone if they can help you. Ask some, just, just ask. So anyways, good for you, my friend. You're obviously doing well with building your brand. You know what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate it. One thing I'm going to start with is I think really the mindset. I talk about this a lot on the podcast and the content I make, but I know people will see you, myself, other people, and they'll get like jealous and mad when they could just ask how to do what we're doing and easily get out of their situation. Are you still seeing that consistently? Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just people, you know, uh, uh, people want better, but people are scared, uh, to be very honest with you, to do what we do. I look, I don't want to put us on some, you know, you know, you know, uh, pedestal, uh, but to do what we are doing is not hard, but it's different. It's different than, than what we were taught and what we shoot, even what we did, you know, for getting to where we were, for me, I'm, you know, a little bit further in the game than you, uh, 10 years ago to where it's like, all right, you know, I need to change the way that I'm doing things in order to change my life. Uh, for you, you know what, maybe four or five years ago, like, okay, I need to change the way that I'm doing stuff, you know, being a new PT and like, I've got to change the way I'm doing it. It's hard for people to change. So a lot of times people just tell themselves a story and a narrative. Oh, Brandon Smith, man, he's kind of, you know, he's got balls of steel. You know what I mean? He could say whatever he wants. I'm not like that. I'm not, you know, oh, GT, he's just this, this hype man, da, 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 da. You know, I'm not. And people will create a narrative around whatever it is that they want so that they can stay comfortable. But the reality is that you, myself, we had to become uncomfortably uncomfortable. Something had to happen. 
in our lives to say, oh, crap, like we got to do this. And that's what's going to happen to other people as well. For you, you know, I know some of your story and I know what has happened in your family. You had to be uncomfortably uncomfortable be like, look, man, nobody come to save me. I got to go make this ish happen. Same thing with me. You know, I have my story. Everybody's got to hit that point. And once they hit that point, they realize that, damn, those guys really weren't that special. You know, you know, you know I really could do this if I wanted to. So. so I know I talked to you about this before, actually, four years ago, you took me out to breakfast. Uh, it was a very nice breakfast. Sweet but, Sage Cafe, bro. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. 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 Um, but I know you told me, and you say this a lot too. People probably have heard this now too, but just to repeat it here, I know like you were like chasing CEUs, chasing things to learn as much as you could, but it really didn't pay off. And that's kind of when you were like, what was that turning point for you that you were just like, okay, can't do this employee stuff anymore? I, I think I think there was there was two kind of aha moments for me. The, the first one was uh, in early 2002. So early 2002, I had now finished a year at my first corporate outpatient facility, right? I saw, I, I averaged for the year, 3.1 patients per hour. Wait, let me say that again. I averaged 3.1 patients per hour. So that means on an average day, I saw 25 people. 25 people a day, no tech, no PTA, just Greg Todd, and by the way, they, they made me wear like shirt and tie, okay? So you talk about ring around a collar, homeboy was sweating like Mike Tyson at a spelling bee, bro. It was, it was brutal. And I did that for a damn year. And I was making 39500 Brandon. By the end of year one, when I sat down with my boss, I won't even say her name now, but with my boss, she gave me a 1.5% increase in pay. Now, during that time, I did 100 well, I did 180 CEUs by month 18. So let's just say I was at month 13 when I got this review. I was probably about 150 CEUs deep in, in my first year. So bro, your boy is working five to six days a week. And anytime he has off, he is basically grinding it out doing CEUs. And here I am making 42K a year. So that was my first time where I'm like, yo, uh, <laughs> bro, I don't know if this is going to work. Like, like I realized that the amount of work I was putting in to become a better implementer, which was a better physical therapist that could do better evaluations and better treatments, was going to have a very, very, very small uh, you, you know, return on my investment. So that was number one. I think number two was 2005. This is early 2005. I'll kind of set the scene for you. At this point, uh, I am a clinic director for a company called Core Rehabilitation. Uh, I am working, I have one main clinic that I, you know, take care of. And then I have a satellite location, which was with Saddlebrook Tennis Resorts. I'm working with tennis players on the weekend. I'm grinding it out, doing my manual therapy certification through University of St. Augustine. Like I am working literally 80 to hundred hours per week between my job as a clinic director and me working through the satellite location and then traveling with tennis players you know, across the uh, country, right? And I remember saying to my boss, uh, and this was after a really, a really tough weekend with my wife, where she was pregnant with our second child. And she's like, here's the deal. Um, I grew up with daddy issues. My dad wasn't there for me. And I have a choice with my kids. If you're not going to be here, I'd rather get out now uh, than stay. 
I love you. And I know these kids could love you, but if you're not going to be around, I, I, I just don't want to do this whole single mom thing. Like I'll just want to get out. So I went to my boss. This was on a Saturday. I went to my boss on a Monday and said, here's the deal. Uh, we're now seeing, we, I, I had a brand new clinic with them a year ago. I said, we're seeing now 27 patients per day. You guys, your goal for me was 19 patients per day by the end of year one. I did 27. All I ask is this, I, like, I don't need any more money. I think I was making like 68K, you, you know, back then. I said, but what I do want is I want to work a four-day work week. And he said, absolutely not. So between those two instances, Brandon, I realized that there was no shot for me. There was no shot for me in the way that this thing was structured and set up for me to get money initially with my first job and then get the resource that's even more important than money, which is time with my second job. And that's when I realized that I had to do something different. And like, those were the two big aha moments, you know, for me. Yeah, I can see that myself personally. I remember, obviously I went to PT school a lot later than you did. I remember I was like, okay, I'm paying the school this much. We ended up going to CSM. I was like, oh, what do you pay your new grads? And I was like, oh, well, that's like half of what I'm paying the school. That doesn't make any sense. And then, so, so like, but it was like, oh, well, I'm too far in now to leave. Um, but at the same time, it was like, I actually like being a PT still. I like treating and getting outcomes, but it was like, okay, well, you know, you're paying for this doctor title. You're putting in all this time. You're doing all these things. But at CSM, I was like, we pay new grads this, we do this. And then even my professors were like, yeah, you have to grind it out for, you know, three, five, 10 years before you can make what you want to make. And my whole mindset the whole time was just like, nah. I don't believe you. <laughs> I think that actually helped immensely. Yeah, but I think a yeah. lot of people are just accept what they're told. Right. You know, it's it's so crazy. Let's talk about that. Um, accept what they're told. Let's talk about expectations as well. So my brother, did, did you see when I put this on Instagram the other day? It was a screenshot that my brother sent me. And it was what, uh, what graduates, postgrads expect from their postgraduate degree. So from this poll of tens of thousands of postgrads, they expected $103,000 a year. I mean, I'm assuming you probably expected that too when you were getting into the PT thing. You, you quick, I mean, you're a smart dude. So you realize when you went to CSM, you're like, oh, hell no, hell, hell no, right? Okay. But most people, that's what they expect. You just think, hey, shoot, I'm going to be a doctor. Doctors, they got to make six figures, right? Okay, I'll take a... I'll take a low, you know, 100K, whatever, cool. So that's what people expect. The reality is, though, that the average median salary with a postgraduate education is 53500 a year. Okay, that's what it is. And then let's talk about what we just decide to accept. Okay, and so we just say, you know what? I've already put all this time in. Screw it. I don't want to learn anything more. I'm just going to accept the cards that I've dealt. Uh, and that's getting tougher and tougher to do, man. That's getting tougher and tougher to do, man. Inflation is absolutely ridiculous right now. Do you know from 1980 to today, inflation has gone up 261%? Yeah, from 1980 to today. Crazy, man. It's yeah, crazy. I, I know they say this morning, they're like, oh, 8.1%. It's like, that's what they're telling you. It's much higher. It's much higher than that. Yeah, you know, but 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 eight point one percent. We're talking eight point one percent, like the last month or the last two months. I'm talking from 1980 
to now, I think that's actually a very conservative number to be very honest with you, 261%. I think it's probably even more, but let's just say it is 261%. Bro, have PT salaries gone up more than 20% since 1980? I would actually suffice to say since 1980, we've stayed stagnant. I think that actually might have been more in private practice, especially. Yeah, yeah, because in 1980, we didn't have the Balanced Budget Act. In 1980, if you were charging Blue Cross Blue Shield for somebody staying for an hour, you're making like 250 bones, bro. In 1980, yo, they were seeing Gertrude with Medicare for like 380 visits, bro. Ever seen go? I mean, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. Like that's what was going on in 1980. So I just don't understand how people can accept what's going on right now, given what's happening in our world economically. Like you got to make more money, right? This is not a greed thing. This is about straight survival. So. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't see it that way, especially PTs. A lot of people are like, oh, you're about the money. It's like, no, you can't take care of yourself, your family, buy your time back to some extent. You're not able to help other people. Also, as you know, the more money you make, the more you're able to help other people immensely, right? right so like right. my motivation now, and I didn't even realize this until later, I fell into my position currently on accident. I never intended to do what I'm doing now, but right. it's like my main goal is, is make more so I can show it's possible to other people because you have to be exposed to it to know about it, right? You have to be exposed right. to it. I know you cover that um, a lot too, but at the same time, it's like you're able to also teach other people how to do it, bring people along that journey with you. And at the same time, you're able to do a lot more for so many other people. And it's really the only way you can buy your time back. Yeah, I think, I think right there, you just hit the nail on the head. Let's talk about buy your time back, okay? So that's what money allows you to do. It allows you to buy back your time. I'll, if you don't mind, I'll give you a story of something that happened in 2007, right? So in 2007, I now have my clinic, right? Okay. I put in a notice. I told my boss to go to hell. And two weeks later, I'm out of there and I'm literally, uh, I'm unemployed and like, okay, I got to do something. So now I have my practice. Uh, I had a year non-compete that if I would have known Brandon Smith back then, I would have just said to hell with it, but I didn't know you back then. So, um, so anyways, I actually honored out my non-compete, went to go work for this guy at this company called Renewal Rehab. And then he basically said, look, man, I want you to basically be, um, you know, my 50-50, you know, partner. We actually went 40-40 and we had an admin person that we actually got rid, you know, rid of a few years later. But anyways, it's 2007 at this point, right? I have this, this hot clinic and I am, bro, I'm grinding. It's my own thing. I now own a job and I'm grinding. I'm, I'm working six days a week. Okay. At least all the places I was working five, five and a half. Now I'm working full out six days a week and I'm getting home on a Saturday at around two thirty, you know, three o'clock. Right. Okay. So here's where the story gets fun. So I finished out another, I don't know, 65, 80 hour a week. You know, I'm working something like that. And my yard looks like the jungle book. Okay. The grass is high. We're getting ready for them to kick us. Uh, my wife's like, yo, they are kicking us out this neighborhood. We haven't done the grass. Babe, you need to go out there. You need to go do the grass. It's around now like 3.30, 4 o'clock on a Saturday. So I go out with the lawnmower and I pull the lawnmower. I go, <laughs> lawnmower doesn't start, bro. I'm like, God dang it. Okay, lawnmower can't start. Pull it again, pull it again. <laughs> can't get the thing to start. 
So I realized there might not be enough gas. Get my car, tape the gas tank, go to the Shell gas station about a mile and a half away, come back, put more gas in it. Thing won't start. It starts pouring. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And I'm out in the pouring rain. And my lawnmower won't start. And I just broke down. And I tell you, when I, I broke down crying, and I went to my front door of the house, and my wife sees I am drenched, and she sees my eyes are red. And she's like, are you crying? I'm like, can we hire a long guy, please? Now remember, now remember, now remember, I didn't have money, okay? I didn't have any big time money. But one thing I did know at that time is I figured if I could see one more patient a week, I could hire someone to do my lawn and make, and we won't get kicked out the neighborhood. And I think I can do that better than what it's taken me over the last hour to try to get a lawnmower to start. And that was the first instance of me actually buying back my time. I was willing to invest, by, by the way, that next um, a Monday, we got somebody to come out. They charged us $80 a month and they did our lawn every single week. All I had to do was see one additional patient. Back then I was charging like 80 bucks for a client. One additional person and that person saved me four hours a week. Okay, now this is what I wanna you know, bring it back to. I think of now you're making good money. I'm making good money. We have bought back our time. But here's the thing I wanna say about buying back your time. There's a lot of people that think that buying back their time is for them to go and sit on their ass and eat Cheetos and watch every single Netflix series. And if you think that's what buying back your time is, no wonder you wanna stay broke because you won't feel good about that. We are doing this podcast right now for free. We're doing this YouTube thing for free. And the reason, and by the way, I mean, I think you're a good guy. I think you think I'm a pretty good guy. We are not the nicest guys out there. But the difference with us on why we can do this for free and you can't is because we have money. And we bought back our time so that we can now use our time to be able to actually do better for humankind. For us, our passion and our mission right now is to help healthcare professionals because we knew how painful it was being in the situation that we used to be in. So please understand, you guys, as you're listening to this, buying back your time, there's a caveat to that. What are you then going to use your time to do? Okay. Yes, I have fun. But I do, like today, I've worked damn hard today. And I'm going to work really hard tomorrow. And I don't have to work anymore. But I really want to see people in healthcare win. Brandon wants to see people in healthcare win. And we don't have to do this. Okay? So just understand what buying back your time can do. And if you want to do better, you're going to have to make money. Okay? I've never, I've never met a broke person that owned a hospital. Okay, I'll leave it at that. No, I completely agree with you too. And people don't realize that like people are like, oh, you made this money doing this or what you're doing now. And like your, your monthly and like, you know, last year I made like 40 grand in the week, which is probably nothing to you. But to me, to me it was a lot at, at yeah. the time. But that all being said is before that, um, you know, like I was at a point where I was super struggling and I think a lot of people are afraid to put them in the position where they are struggling. So they actually want it, right? Because they're like, hey, I'm not going to be scraping for change in my car to buy food or stealing cookies from ALFs. 
But then, like, you know, I moved, I, I moved to areas like rural Alabama. You know, right. I, worked, I worked in rural Alabama. I got paid well because I went to rural Alabama. And, you know, I was going into trailers. I was going into crack dens. I was going into all kinds of things, right? I had guns pulled on me, but I made a lot of money doing that. And it allowed me to leverage my time. But I think a lot of people, too, they're like, oh, you know, as whether an outpatient PT, home health PT, whatever it is, they're like, hey, I want to work nine to five and make this amount of money. It's not going to happen. When I was doing that, I was working seven days a week. I was burning myself out with the end goal of eventually sort of doing what I'm doing now, where it's like, you know, I'm going to make as much as I can to then leverage it and go back, just like you're seeing another patient. I think too many people, you hit on this in the beginning of the episode, but too many people will choose that that comfort over the growth, right? They might be in right. a bad relationship. They might be in all these different things going on, but it's like, you know, just try to grow a little bit. You know, if you want something, try to get it. If you're around people that don't support you getting it, well, then maybe, you know, you need to stop being comfortable with those people and go find something else that makes you grow. And I think too many people, especially in healthcare, are just so accepting of everything. Yeah, you know, man, you just brought up a huge point. You know, you guys go back and rewind that part of what he said that he had to do and what he, the decision he made. I mean, actually, he didn't have to do it. It's a decision he made because he was like, you know what? I've got to get myself uncomfortable meaning that he had to go to Podunk, Alabama. He had to go and be in the crack dance. Um, he probably he probably had to dodge and duck like the Matrix, like Neo, so he didn't get shot by, okay, when everybody's gotten their all pistols and all that other stuff and their rifles. Listen, y'all, here's the deal. He had to do what he had to do. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And I think what happens is that everybody, look, I think it's an ego thing. Brandon, if I got to be honest with you, uh, we come out with this doctorate title and we feel like we're above working and grinding. And I think those that have, I feel like those that kind of, I don't want to say we've come from the rough side of the tracks, but we just had some crap happen to us. I feel like we're able to kind of shove the doctor thing over to the side for a little bit. And sometimes we just got to get ghetto. And I think guys like me and you, we like we can get ghetto. You know what I mean, right? Like if, yo, bro, if I need to go to ALF and I need to take a couple of cookies, I'm taking a couple of cookies and, look, bro, listen, listen, bro, there's a time at FIU. This brother didn't have no money. The way that I took my, my, my girl out for dates, we want dessert. You know what I'm doing? There's a blood bank and I'm giving blood and I'm getting this shortbread cookies. That's what you had to do back then. Sometimes you gotta, yo, you gotta do what you gotta do, man. And I think that, I, you know, it's, it's funny, but it's true. But I think that, like, we don't know how to really work hard. We don't know how to sacrifice in order to get what it is that we want to get. And I think what people think is that the three and a half years of post-grad was the sacrifice. And I think if you could change the mindset around that and say, look, the three and a half years of post-grad allowed me to play in this game. Now it is time to sacrifice. The sacrifice might mean you going to BFE Alabama and do what you need to do so you can make 120K and start to do whatever you need to do so you can have extra money and you can use that money to invest or do whatever it is that you want to do with it, okay? All right? The, the sacrifice might mean that you need to go and go take a not ideal job and then use that money 
to then go ahead and invest in yourself. And now invest in yourself to learn a new set of skills and then you can now compound those skills with the skills that you learn while you're in school. Um, uh, uh, getting yourself, it, it, it might mean, you know what? I need to go and invest in being in a circle of other people. Sometimes that circle of other people could mean that you are going to go and somebody that's willing to actually talk to you, you're gonna actually go and fly to them. Man, I remember back in 2016, when I started to say, you know, I'm gonna mentor people. Anybody, like during that time, my group wasn't big, okay, right? D like during that time, I'm like, listen, if you guys want to come to me, like I'll, like I'll talk to you, like like I'll give you a day. I wasn't charging $10,000 an hour back then, okay? All right, I was like, listen, man, I, listen, I'll talk to you. So I would have people that were hungry for it that literally put their last dollar on their credit card to get a flight when I gave them the opportunity and they got here in two days, two days. And literally talking to me and me just giving them the game for four or five, six hours, the next year they were making $250,000 a year. So you guys, at the end of the day, I think if you change your mindset around thinking that PT school is actually the sacrifice, PT school is not the sacrifice. PT school is what everybody else does. That just allows you to play in the Hunger Games. But if you want to actually like not get destroyed on round one of the Hunger Games, then and you want to make it back to the cornucopia, then you better start grinding from from from, uh, from week one. You better start grinding from month one. You better start grinding from year one. You better start doing things that nobody else is doing. You better start going to Alabama with working with the family that got four teeth for their entire family and do what you need to do so that you can make the money that you need to make so that you can now have a surplus and you can then use that money to either invest in yourself, invest in another vehicle, invest in, uh, when I say a vehicle, I'm talking about, um, uh, you know, investing in skills, learning how to trade, learning, you know, crypto, learn, you better learn something that other people don't know. And I'm telling you, if you do that, you could be in such a great situation within two to three years. Yeah, 100%. I think when I graduate PT school, and even now, I see my school posting like their business projects. And I was like, I need to unfollow the school. <laughs> because <laughs> It was like, you know, we collaborate with marketing to physicians and all this stuff. And it's like, so you're basically asking for handouts, you've been taught to ask for handouts, not how to create your own value, not how to show value to others, not how to market your value. And stuff I didn't know either, you know, probably when I saw stuff years ago, I didn't probably understand what you were saying. Um, you know, and yeah. I, now, now I completely get it. I completely get it. Now I see what you've been saying for years and what I've seen happen in my own business too, but it's kind of crazy. You know, they come out PT school and it's like, okay, PT school teaches you one thing. That's how the passports. That being said, why do they kick people out if you have a bad GPA? Because guess what? They're marketing you to the new people. And it's just like a repeat cycle. Right. So it's like, right. you know, they, they, they teach you how to pass boards and get a job because that's what they market to everybody. If you look at their marketing right. structure, it's all that. Which again, I'm like, you know, any other business besides education, they would be out of business so fast. <laughs> listen, 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 check this out. You got to understand that they are in the education business. They're in the traditional education business. Me and you, we have businesses too. You have many businesses. I have businesses. Um, we're in the non-traditional online education business, right? You have your Discord community. I have smart success healthcare. Okay. I'm also in 
um, you know, the I have a virtual staffing agency, or I got clinics, or I got this, that, da, 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 da. Okay. But at the end of the day, they're in a business. And um, we have the opportunity and we have the choice to do business with them or not. A lot of people want to do business with them because that is the way that we grew up. We grew up thinking that, hey, if we could go to school, we can get a degree, we can come out, we can get a stable job, uh, that's the way to go. And they're banking off of that. So they're saying, look, if you come here, we're going to be able to give you a degree. We're going to be able to give you a doctorate. We're going to be able, you'll be able to call yourself a doctor. I mean, they ain't lying about that. Okay, fine. All right. Um, uh, you're, we're going to make sure, or we're going to put you in a really high uh, probability that you're going to be able to pass the board exam so that you can actually treat clients to be a doctor. So, uh, so all of that is pretty much true. Here's where the problem is. The problem is, is that, is that we are assuming that we're going to make a gajillion dollars. We're assuming that we're going to be able to have the white picket fence with two and a half kids and the dog named Sparky. Like, we're just assuming that all this is going to work great. I don't know. I mean, I can't talk for each school. Maybe the school is, you know, just not saying anything and letting us assume it. You know what I mean? Right? I mean, but at the end of the day, you know, we have a responsibility to educate ourselves. You know, I didn't educate myself enough prior to getting the degree. Now, if I had to do it all over again, would I have still done it? I probably would have. And I'm going to tell you why. I probably would have. Um, I probably would have done it because what I understand today is I understand based off the Bible, the richest man in the Bible is King Solomon. And what King Solomon did is King Solomon was a contemporary to his colleagues. Okay. And I look at what you're doing. You're one of the top, you are becoming, or you probably are really, one of the top dogs now in the profession. And you're not even five years out of school, right? Am I right? Uh, no, yeah, four years. He's okay. So, so listen, y'all, this dude's four years out of school. Okay, now, remember, now, I, listen, I'm an old head. I understand I'm one of the OGs in it, but let's face it, I'm an old head. This, this guy's four, four and a half, five years out of school. And he's one of the top influencers in physical therapy. See, Brandon, I mean, I don't know what, here, you know what? Let me actually, I'm going to flip the interview on you now. If you had to do it over again, would you? So I think I would. But ultimately, I realized this later that the reason that I went to PT school actually wasn't to make money. It was so I could always have a job and do other things. That was like the okay. reason why I went to PT school. Because um, I was working full time before PT school, did other things. Um, I thought, though, when I went to PT school, I should make 90 to 100,000 because of right. BLS data, things along those lines. But that being said, I still like being a physical therapist, I still like treating. But ultimately, you know, my goal when I did it, I was like, hey, you know, I can go to school, you know, maybe make 90 to 100K, create some YouTube content. But like, that's that was kind of like, I went to BT school because I was like, okay, well, I don't want to work 60 hours a week in a hospital. Like, so, you know what I mean? But I ended right. up working more after. But initially, that's why I went. Okay. So it's interesting because he said he probably would still do it. And if you think about it, the thing that he thought was going to happen, it actually ended up happening for him. It's just in a little bit of a different way, right? So here's what I believe. I believe with the skills that Brandon has right now, with the skills that I have right now, I believe that the reason why we are able to be where we are at is because we are in the physical therapy world. I believe because 
most people that are in this world have such a resistance to learning anything different than what they were taught in school. That's the reason why we've been able to really thrive. And I think with the skill set that I have, I think if I was a realtor, I think with the skill set I have, I don't think I would be known as the OG of, of being a realtor with the skill set that I have that I've developed over the last 10 years. Okay. I think with Brandon's skill set that he has, he's very good, but I don't think he would be at the top of being a realtor because like there's a lot more people that are hungrier in the real estate game than they are in the physical therapy world. So with that said, for you all that are listening, there's just a massive opportunity that if you decided that you're not going to be so hard-headed and stubborn, say, you know what? I'm going to invest in myself. I'm going to learn these skills. I'm going to I'm going to learn how to communicate. I'm going to learn how to market. I'm going to learn how to connect and build relationships with people. Okay, that's not stuff I necessarily learned in school, but I'm going to say, you know what? Let me do another year. Let me tack on another year of education and let me add that to what I learned. And I'm telling you, you will totally you like you will totally separate yourself from the pack. And that's what you've done, bro. And I got to say, I, I, like, I applaud you. I, I mean, I applaud you. You've done such an amazing job of just pushing yourself and taking the things that you learn, not just from Aaron, not just from me, not um, oh, there. Oh, there's another guy that used to work with as well. Vince Del Monte. Um, am I right? Was, was that yeah, I, I, right? I work with Vince for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like this guy has invested in himself. Just said, look, man, I've got to add some more skills. And then besides us, he said, you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn how to impregnate my money so it can make me some babies. So I'm going to learn, like, I'm going to learn about crypto. I'm going to learn about this. Like, bro, listen, this is what, this is like, once a student, always a student, you, uh, you know what I mean? So I just followed him. I'm like, yo, like, that's it. He's just, he's just done it. And he continues to push it on, push himself. And, and by year four and a half, five, Boom, you could be one of the top three, top, top two percent in the game. And I think that can't happen if you're a personal trainer. Sorry. I think I think I I, I think it would eventually happen, but I don't think it would happen as fast as it happened for you being a PT. Yeah, no, I think as a PT too, we're able to relate to other PTs. We know their struggles inside and out. Right. So we know where they've been, what they're dealing with, what can get them to the next place. But speaking of me, like one thing, you sent me a message, I don't know, like a year ago. And you're like, hey, man, I can see you totally having a million dollar business. And I was like, oh, like I just started thinking like, that helped like immensely. Yeah. And like, yeah. I think I think I'll probably hit that relatively soon. Like within a year or two, I can totally see it. But it's weird, though, because it's like well, I tell a lot of people, too. And people don't realize this, too, is, you know, a state board can come after your license at any time, regardless if you did anything or not. Right. So it's like you paid all this time, money, state board, CEUs, whatever that license goes away, you can't make any money. So if you're not doing something else or have any other skills to provide value to provide for yourself, your yeah. family, like, like, yeah. what are you going to do if the state board takes your license away? Cause a patient sued you or made a complaint that's not even true. It's almost like, okay, I think too many people are getting way too comfortable with not even realizing that concept. Like they're like, Oh, I paid this much for school, paid all this. And it's like, well, if you don't have some other source of income that you can dial down on and actually create lots of value to other people, you know, that whole Thing can be wasted. I think a lot of PTs don't realize that. Yeah, they don't realize that. You know, if if we were to, you know, if we were to take that whole concept that you just said, and let's 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 put it another way. For those of you that are watching, maybe you 
follow a certain sport. Let's just use football right now since it's, you know, you know, coming back. Every NFL player goes into the NFL thinking that, hey, in the ideal world, I'm going to have a 10, 12, 15-year career. If you're Tom Brady, maybe a 20-something year career. But the reality is that most NFL players have a career of about two and a half years. Okay? What are you going to do after that? Now, you're like, well, that's not the case for PT. I mean, I'm going to be able to do this forever. No, well, look, here's the deal. The deal is that, okay, maybe nobody comes after your license. Maybe they do. We've seen it many, many, many times over the last you know, couple of years, right? But one of the things that I would say to all of you is you have to think about your afterlife. Okay, you have to think about your afterlife. I treated for 15 years. 15 years. And people ask me all the time, would you ever go back? Hell no. Hell no. Why? Just because, listen, I'm tired. <laughs> okay, I'm tired. Like you are, you, you are using two finite resources when you are treating patients. You're using your muscles and you're using time. You are trading time for money. Those are both finite. There's nothing infinite about them, okay? You use your muscles, like seriously, go and go do a, a, like a bench press with 45 plates on. With, okay, look, you could do 45 pound plates on each side. You could do maybe five, six, some of your buff. Maybe you could do 15. Okay, go try to do that 85 times and let's see how, how, how listen, it's just, it's just physically draining after a while, okay? So you guys have to think of what can I do after that's going to allow me to use my mind more than my muscles. Now, here's what's happening today. Today, it's not like it was in 2000 and when I started. And in 2000, it's not like it was in 1980. In 1980, you could see, or 1985, you could see eight patients or six patients a day. And you can make a nice, nice, nice earning with the rate of expenses 260% less than what it is today. Okay. So it's a whole different ball game. And I'm seeing people, Brennan, I know you're seeing this people lasting a year, two years. They're like, I'm done. Shoot, man. I had somebody reach out to me the other day. They're like, I'm six weeks in. I'm burned out. I'm like, bro, bro, you're not even in training camp yet. You haven't even started regular season. You're done already. So you guys got to start thinking of what am I going to do after? In the football world, it's like, hey, I'm going to be a coach. Hey, I'm going to go in the booth. You know what Brennan and I are doing? We're going in the booth. We're coaching and we're in the booth. Right now, what we're doing, this is in the booth. This is us talking and helping other people, right? And then if people actually want our help with our services that we can provide for them, that's us coaching. You guys, that's actually a great longevity play. That allows us to be able to help people, but not wear ourselves out in the way that they taught us to do, which is basically use our muscles and our time. Speaking back on the point you just made too, I know I've talked to pre-PTs who have then talked to you and just went and built a business instead of going to PT school or people in PT school who just like talked to me, then you then went and started a business and left PT yeah. school or stayed at PT school with their business. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's just because once you logically break this down, this is not like, guys, I get nothing I get nothing for you going into business, okay? The only thing I, like, I mean, I get satisfaction in that at least I know that you're going to be able to, you actually now have at least a shot at getting the dreams that you want in your life. Uh, but the reality is that, you know, of the amount of people that follow my work, go and watch my videos, come to my events, whatever, 
look, it's about two to 3% that are actually customers. Okay. All right. Um, the reality is that I want to just make people understand and give them clarity behind what can actually truly happen in a situation that they're in. And if you work for the man, like you have a very, very, very distinct uh, 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 ceiling, okay? There's just only so much that you can make. Uh, and and if you have a business, the way a business is, it's you solving problems for people. And if you set up your business uh, smart, you can actually solve for a lot of people without wearing yourself out. It is absolutely mind-blowing to me how I could wake up in the morning I could do an Instagram story after my workout or after my meditation stuff. And I can help more people in 15 minutes from an Instagram story than I would in a 15 hour day in the clinic. It is mind boggling to me that that is the case today. The fact that people wouldn't actually have interest in learning how to do that. And that in 15 minutes, I can basically impact sometimes triple the amount of people that I could do in 15 hours. Why you would not learn how to do that is beyond me. It's just crazy. It's crazy. So that's what the people that are talking to you and talking to me, they're just figuring it out. Like, wait a minute, this only makes sense. So good for them. Back to business building. One thing I've realized too, I see the law in PT, what people do, and I think you kind of did it probably at first, is they build themselves a job and they don't really build themselves yeah. a business. Yeah. And it's really crazy though, because it's like, it's actually not that hard to build yourself a business that you can work on if you just think about building it as a business first, instead of trying to yeah. go and build that job. Yeah, I, I think I think for me, it was just straight ignorance. Uh, it was just it's just ignorance, like I didn't know any better. Uh, I think most people were like me in 2006, where we had a technician mindset. And the technician mindset is... And, you know, I'll speak for myself, but then you can tell me if you feel like this is because you talk to a lot of people as well. And basically, <clears throat> for me, I was I was arrogant and ignorant in that I felt like, well, I was a really good PT. And because I was such a good, like, like clinical PT, that that actually is why I was going to do well in business. And when you set it up that way, and that's the reason why I actually left my job. It's because I'm like, man, I'm so good. Like, I got my OCS. I have my CSES. I work with the number one, number four, number 18 player in the world. Oh, I'm Greg Todd. Like, of course I'm going to do great. And then I basically fell right on my ass, right? And because I had that technician mindset, and I thought because my skills were good, my clinical skills were good, that that was going to somehow translate over into business. Honestly, for me, Brandon, that was just straight ignorance and arrogance. Is that what you see with people as well? I do see it. I also see where they, I talked to somebody the other day, like, oh, I want to build a cash pay business or build a business. And I was like, and they're like, I'm fellowship trained. I did residency fellowship. I was like, okay, well, how much yeah. do you charge a session? $80. Bro, what? You fellowship trained and you're charging $80? Yeah. See, that's the thing. So, so, so that's, that's literally it. They're like, well, I am fellowship trained. I did my residency. Uh, I should be able to have a business. But look at how they're talking about business. They have zero business knowledge and skills. They're here understanding that, okay, I charge $80 and they don't realize that if they charge $80, they're going to have a low profit, low value model. And that means that no matter how hard they work, they're going to go out of business within a year. So, so, so that's the problem. When you have a technician mindset, you 
don't respect business. You, you actually don't respect it. You actually think that you are going to make it because of your skills. Here's what I advise to all of you that are listening to this. Have an entrepreneur mindset. An entrepreneur mindset is that you are creating, you're dreaming, and you're envisioning of what it is that you want, what you want for not only the people that you serve, what you want for yourself, what you want for your spouse, what you want for your family, your community, et cetera. And if I know that, okay, I want $500,000 a year within the first 18 months of my business, I want to be on pace to hit $500,000 a year. When you have an entrepreneurial mindset, the first step is that. And then we start to work it backwards. Okay, if I want this in 18 months, what do I need to be doing by year one? Okay, if this is what I need to be doing by year one, then what do I need to be doing in the next quarter? Okay, if this is what I need to be doing in the next quarter in order to hit my goal by year one so that I can get to where I want to be by year, uh, by, by month 18, then what do I need to be doing this week? Okay, if this is what I need to be doing this week, what the hell do I need to be doing today? And when you think like that, you have an entrepreneur mindset. And, and it's so crazy when you think like that, then you start to ask different questions. You're like, okay, okay, if I'm at zero right now, how the hell do I actually do what I need to do this week? And then you actually start to have questions to ask other people. Now you come to a guy like me and you say, Hey, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. What the hell do I need to do today? Well, then you get your answer. And so that's the difference. And I honestly lost probably four or five years in business because I had the technician mindset instead of an entrepreneur mindset. And one thing I too, I've noticed with entrepreneur mindset too, something that I struggle with myself is because I had an employee mindset for a while. Cause you know, I was grinding, making money. And I was like, you know, if I make this much per month online, I can quit my job. And then I quit my job and I was like, well, this is not enough money to run a business for expenses right, right. and growth and all of those things. Another thing too, a lot of people like, I understand, yes, obviously pay your bills, do things like that, you know, figure out the best financial strategy. I always say, you know, it depends on the individual. I never give a blanket statement because, you know, some of them can have like, you know, health problems over their loans. They need to pay that off because they're struggling mentally, things along those right. lines. But right. usually what I say to a lot of people, it's like, do you have an expense problem or do you have an income problem? And people don't really think about it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's some people, it doesn't matter how much they make. They never have anything because they really do have an expense problem, right? Uh, some people, uh, they're they're living very meager, but they're just not making them up, uh, uh, you know, nothing. They have an income, you know, problem. A lot of people have both. <laughs> A lot of people have both, uh, and you know, you know, I, like this is why having a mentor or someone that's kind of now been on the other side, it's important because. They're able to get you to ask questions that you might not be asking. Because at the end of the day, whatever problem people are in, everybody's creating a narrative and a story. I think we talked about this in the beginning of the podcast. Everybody's creating a narrative, a story around that problem, right? This is why it is like this for me. Uh, I'm not a Brandon Smith. I can't be out, you know, outspoken like that. I can't be like, you know, Greg blah, 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 or whatever the case may be. But um, when you have someone that has kind of been where you're at and now is on the other side, there were questions that they had to ask themselves that probably somebody else told them. Uh, and now they can tell you those things. But I think that's a huge thing. I think that's uh, really important for people to understand. Listen, y'all, here's the deal. If you broke, 
you don't need to be uh, uh, rolling around in any type of Maseratis, no type of, you know, uh, you know, Bugattis and all the other stuff. Like, listen, there's got to be some type of sacrifice that you are putting into play to put yourself in a position here. It, this is probably something I don't talk about enough, Brandon, but I need to uh, you know, say this. People are like, well, how, well, how'd you get rich? Well, here's the deal. The deal is, is that my first job I made 39.5 a year, right? Okay. And uh, my wife was making probably like $10 an hour working at uh, this um, a mental health in, uh, you know, hospital in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So now we were living in South Florida. South Florida, I mean, you know, bro, you used to live down there too. That's, it's expensive as hell to live down there, right? Okay. So we moved to Tampa. Why? Because we wanted to decrease our expenses. We knew we were going to be in a one-bedroom apartment for probably the next seven years if we lived down there. So we came up here to Tampa to decrease our expenses. And we felt like that was how we were going to be able to get into a single family home, you know, quicker. Again, that's what Brandon was saying. That is decreasing your expenses, right? We, by the way, when we moved, did we move from a one-bedroom to a three-bedroom, three-bath home? When we came? No, we moved from a one-bedroom to a one-bedroom. And we were able to bring down our expenses. Okay, then here's step number two. I left the job where I was a staff PT and I, jo- I, I got a job where I was a clinic you know, director. I got a 40% increase in pay, just like how Brandon went and went to the crack houses in Alabama. Okay, this is what you guys have to do. This is bringing down your expenses, increasing our pay. And then here is one of the big things that I did. Okay, for me, what I did is even when I was making money, when I worked as a clinic director, when I then had my own clinic, one of the big things that my wife and I did for about nine to 10 years is we lived like I was making 40K. So we pay, we, for us, for us, we paid off the loans. Now, today, I don't need as much financial Xanax as what I did back then. Today, I love to be in debt because debt makes me a lot of money today. So my mindset's, you know, uh, you know, you know, different. But back then, I had a lot of anxiety around, uh, you know, money. So I did pay off the debt. But here's the key. Once I did pay off the debt, I act like I was still broke. So instead of saying, okay, now let's go and get the big car. Let's get this. Let's go on vacation every single month. I took the money and then I started to actually act like I was still making 40K. And then I started to make the money work for me. And that right there is the key, you guys. That's the key. So what you just said about income and expenses, y'all, that's the game. That's how it works. We've been, well, we were in Alabama, which is very, very cheap to live. Now we've been in Mississippi about a year now. And Forbes said Mississippi is the cheapest state to live in, so everyone's moving here now. So prices are going up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never thought I would live in any of these states, but honestly, it's been very beneficial financially for the cost of living. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a smart move, bro. I'm gonna tell you again. You're you're going to have as long as you play your cards right, as long as you continue to push yourself, as long as you uh, continue to invest in yourself and learning additional skills, and then more importantly, you don't just learn about the skills. You do what you're doing right now. You learn how to execute on those skills, and then you actually do it. Uh, uh, you're, and, and then you learn new skills that you're, it's going to have to take you to get to a million and two million and then five and then 10 and all the other stuff. 
you're going to do it. Okay. I think one of the other things too, is that, um, you know, you just understand there's certain things that I've never had to say to you. I'm sure Aaron has probably never had to say to you as well. And that's like, you understand sacrifice and, um, and because you understand that, and just because you're having a little success kind of come to your name now, like you're not, you're, you're not getting ahead of yourself. You're still just, you're just playing the game and you're doing what you need to do. And bro, you're going to do it. I mean, I mean, you're going to do it. It's like, listen, there's no doubt. There's no doubt on, unless you just start, unless you just start like going crazy and start going to the Mississippi strip clubs and you start making it rain. And I don't, I don't think your girl would really like that anyways, but listen, <laughs> unless you start acting a damn fool, you got this in the bag, bro. You got this in the bag. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. No, I appreciate that. And it's kind of weird to hear you saying that, like, you know, influencing success because a lot of people block me. A lot of people don't like what I have to say. That, that, that's, a, that's the greatest thing ever. Listen, let, let's, let me tell you something. If you're not getting canceled, if you're not getting blocked, you aren't doing ish. Okay, listen, I need to be canceled. I need to be blocked. I need people to come after me. If they're not talking about you, that means you are making no impact. Okay, that means that what you're saying is so vanilla. So if you don't have that, that's where it's time to be like, yo, G, I haven't got blocked and I haven't got canceled lately. What the hell am I doing wrong? Okay, okay? that is where things start to get a little dicey for you. Most people, they're just too afraid to be who they are and to say what they want to say. And so because of that, uh, but they look at you as inspiration. It's like, damn, he said the thing I wanted to say, but I wouldn't say it. And that's who people want to kind of follow after. And that's what they aspire to be. At the end of the day, man, we all aspire to be the truest version of ourselves. And, you know, if, 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 we, can, if we can be that, uh, there's nobody else on this planet that can be that. And people feel it. And people want to follow after those people. And, you know, they want to get behind that. Because at the end of the day, everybody wants to be the truest version of themselves. So if they see you doing it, that's the greatest thing you can do for your brand. One thing I'm going to say as well, just kind of end this up here. I know it's almost been an hour is one thing too, is people don't set goals high enough. And one thing I say, the reason I say that is, you know, I just hit a few milestones in my business and things like that and making a decent amount of money per month. But now I'm like, oh, like, you know, if this was a year ago, I'd be super happy. But now I'm like, it's not growing fast enough. <laughs> like, you know, it just, right, it just right, changes right. completely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's if, if you, you know, a lot of people will make you think, oh, that's being greedy. Oh, that's, listen, there was a time here. Let me ask you this. What, what was your first ever job? What's your first ever job? And just, and tell me if you can remember what your first ever job was and how much you made per hour. My first real job, I worked at Circuit City and made like $8 mm -hmm. an hour. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So my first job, with taxes, not the under the table, because you know I'm ghetto. So you know I had that under the table job where I was making 26 cents an hour, but I was working for the Sun Sentinel, working in the hood in Fort Lauderdale. Okay, going to people. The, the uh, dude uh, brought me in this white van like he was abducting me, and 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 uh, and said, "Let's go to poor people's houses because they love to buy newspapers." Anyways, that didn't work too well. That lasted about two weeks. My first actual job, with like legit job, where I actually had a W two form was a place called TJ Maxx. I made $3.25 an hour being a janitor there at 16. I did that from 16 to right before I went to college. 
here's my question to you, Brandon Smith. Would you go back to Circuit? I know Circuit City is pretty much closed now. But if 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 Circuit City made a comeback, would you go back? Would you work for eight dollars now? No. Okay. And you can ask me if you were to ask me, Greg, would you go back and work at TJ Maxx for three dollars twenty five cents an hour? It'd be no. Now, the person that's listening to this podcast, I want to ask you this. What was your first job? How much did you make an hour? Okay, great. Thank you for answering that. Now, here's my question. Would you work for that today? No, exactly. So here's the deal. Every single year, bro, if you are moving yourself to what I believe God intends for all of us to be, is to be our, the best version of ourselves, which is constantly expanding, constantly getting you know, bigger, Every single year, you should be like, what I did last year was unacceptable. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with you saying, this ain't going to cut it. This ain't going to cut it. And as long as your mindset and your thoughts around money and the use of money and what money can do for not just you, it can buy back your time. Then if you look at what are you doing with your time? You're also looking at, hey, I have a surplus of money. What am I doing with my money? Um, you know, am I recklessly spending? Like, I just, I don't know. I feel really good. Like, I feel like it just makes sense for me to stay wealthy because of what I do with what God has given. It just makes sense. Just makes sense of giving people jobs, giving people opportunities, creating more companies for people to have opportunities, um, creating more opportunities for my employees to be able to ascend up. Um, you know, putting my businesses in a situation to where uh, people aren't capping out like what happened to me when I was an employee working for someone, uh, being able to help family overseas, being just so many cool things. So yeah, because you have the skills, you should be saying, hell yeah, I need to make more. And there's so many amazing things that I can do. Like, like for instance, I want to see you have a live event, but you can't have a live event if you're not making bank. So I want to see that happen for you. So in your mind, if you could justify, listen, I want to make more money, but why? And then you could, listen, then you, come on, let's get on it, bro. Let's get on it. And every single one of you that are listening, that's how you should feel as well, you know? Uh, and that's why I say, like, you guys got to figure out how to make good do of what it is that you currently have. You might be like, yo, well, sounds good for you guys, but I'm broke. Well, you've got to figure out how to become a really good steward of your time. Because what, what I've come to realize is when I was broke, but I was actually managing the thing that I had well, then more opportunities came my way. Yeah, and then when I, yeah, and then when we start managing those things well, and now we have money, and then we start managing that well, then more opportunities come my way. When I start doing well, and then I start slipping, and I'm not managing it well, then all of a sudden things start to fall apart. So what I say to you all is don't think, oh, great, when I get this, then I'm going to start. No, uh, uh, no, 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 no. Right now, what are you doing with your time? The one thing I know that you have, the same as Brandon Smith, same as Greg Todd, the same as Ed Milet, the same as Andy Priscilla, the same as, it doesn't matter. Any of these dudes out there is we all got 24. We all got 24. So what are you doing? with the time that's 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 better than what you were doing last week and watch how opportunities start to come your way yeah 100 because when i was like broke as a pt and doing all that stuff and i was struggling i was still making youtube videos i was right. still putting out content 
Right. And that actually grew, that actually started probably most of my stuff was doing that. And I talk to people all the time. I'm sure you do. They're like, what camera should I buy? I was like, dude, I don't care. Just make a video, upload it, and we can figure this out later. Right. That's the that's the least of your concerns. That's <laughs> what, what Cameron about. What you need to do is you need to figure out how to grow some balls. <laughs> okay, that's what you need to do. You need to figure out how can you put yourself out there knowing that maybe one person, if that, is going to watch your video and you'd be okay with it and do another one. How do you put yourself out there and do a live video where, shoot, for the first couple of years of me doing a live video, nobody would show up. No one would come on. You guys, even today, even today, I could do live videos on Instagram. I could do live videos on Facebook. Sometimes I might get two, three people that come on. There might be times I get 20, 30, 40, whatever. But there's times I get two, three. I don't give a damn. I don't care. Most people can't do that. They want to start and they want to be at the top. That's, that's not how it works. That's what you need to be figuring out. Not what type of camera you should be using. What type of lighting you can have. Okay. People don't care. All people care about is the content. And chances are you're going to suck really bad anyways in the beginning. And your content is going to be trash. But that's not the main premise in the beginning. The main premise in the beginning is can you actually grow nuts and actually do it and put yourself out there even if you're not great. Okay. And that's the hardest part. But if you can do that and then build on that, then eventually all the other stuff will work in your favor. I think that kind of wraps everything up. And I know I feel like everyone should know about you by now, but any, anywhere to reach out to you. Yeah. Um, Greg Todd PT on pretty much all the channels. Um, uh, you can, you know, you can text me at 813-534-6453. I actually, I actually respond back. Uh, my team has certain types like, okay, go look at all the text. And then I go and, and I'll respond back to you. Sometimes I'll even send you a video message, but uh, yeah, man, however I can help your people. Uh, you know, I'm here, bro. I'm always here. I'm going to end the podcast on that because we could yeah. probably talk about this all day though. So. <laughs> <laughs>